Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 141. La 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 we do plan these out in advance, and even having heard this the second time now, what in the world? <laughs> it's the Smurfs. It's the Smurfs. This. Uh, Why are you doing the Smurfs? Well, because it sounds like Smursh. It's taken 141 episodes, I guess, and we started to run out of ideas. Though some might argue it happened a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. Anyway, welcome back, Julius. Hello again, Albert. Nice to talk with you again. Been a while, been a while. Yep. It's nice to be here. It's it's holidays time for, for me here, and I am out for the next two weeks, which is awesome. So I've been, like, hanging out and doing a little more gaming and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That sounds mm-hmm. like fun. Yeah, we're actually traveling up to Baltimore the, over the end of the year week. So the two weeks from now, we're going to be in Baltimore um, hanging out. I'm probably going to be bringing my work with me oh. and just letting, the, letting my grandparents manage the kids. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be nice. Hopefully we'll find some people to play some games with while mm-hmm. we're up there. That sounds good. Yeah, trips are fun. I like road trips. I can't go wrong with road trip. The... Yeah, you can. <laughs> well, yeah, you can. I had a road trip that went bad where, where we had car trouble and... We ended up running late because we went to a mechanic and they couldn't find anything. And about 1 in the morning, we're at a Walmart parking lot trying to put in a new battery for the car. You know, Eventually, the car, the battery died about 50 miles from home. And this is, this is driving from upstate New York to South Carolina, so about 900 miles. And, and, you know, we called AAA. They picked us up. They towed the car home. We saw the animals were fine. And... And got in an airplane, and and uh, flew to San Francisco. <laughs> it nice. was not nice. <laughs> it was exhausting. Yeah, I hear that. But anyway, <laughs> but we should talk about games. Yeah, I'm tired. Okay. Well, have you been playing any? I've played a couple games recently that that are sort of new. One is Nations of Dice game, right? I've, we've talked about that before. We both played it before. Played a lot. Wait, Nations of Dice game you're considering new? Ah, the expansion is out. Unrest. Ah, you're talking about the expansion. You've got a chance to play the expansion Yes, I played already? it a couple times, and I do like it. I do like it. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, I think... Yeah, I've actually got a copy headed to me that, that I'm hoping I'll get to play some. We'll see if the wife deigns to play <laughs> it with me. Is she not... Have I told you about this no. before, Albert? No, what happened? I, for some reason, you know, Nations of the Dice game is is another game that me and my wife play relatively frequently. And for some reason, I cannot beat her in it. I remember you telling me that, yeah. Every time we play, I cannot beat her. I don't know. We're like 12, 13. We don't keep track. But I just cannot beat her in it. And it's come out really close sometimes. And for the past couple months, she's not playing it with me. Because she doesn't want to risk losing and breaking her streak. <laughs> so she's got a title? So she won't play it. World champion! <laughs> so she's retired. She's ah. retired, so she, you can't win the belt back from her. <laughs> That's terrible. That's annoying. Well, annoying. you know, then I tell you, she may not like unrest. 
Um, Unrest reminds me a little bit of the Nations, the board game, in that there are so many cards when you play, especially when you start using all the the advance and whatnot cards, that it is more unpredictable in what shows up. So you can prepare for something and, and, you know, be really good militarily and whatnot, and then no military cards come out. And that can happen. You know, somewhat. There's not that many tiles. It doesn't add tons of tiles, but it does. It does make it a little more swingy that way. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so you might finally, you know, that, defeat her. Oh, I don't think Nations the Dice Game is already a game that you can really prepare no, for really. because, especially when you play two player, there's less stuff there, and it's very likely that, you know something's going to be really expensive and you can't get to it or something like that. So I, I don't think. I don't think it's a game where you create these huge life, these huge game long strategies. For mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's not long enough to do that. <laughs> but you know that it's neat right. because one of the it has specific solitary rules in there for how to use it in a solitary game and how to change a couple of the components, um, which is nice. And it, it cool. I thought it was going to be a modular expansion, but in fact, it tells you to use all of it every time. Either, either play with the expansion or play without it. Not, not parts of it. And another thing, I was surprised. I I totally forgot. Um, I'm looking through the rules, and I found my name in there in the credits for playtesting, which I, I kind of forgot I'd done that because it'd been a couple years ago, and I didn't get to playtest too much. <laughs> how, did, how did you forget? <laughs> it'd been a couple years. Yeah, it really had. It was, nice. yeah, it was summer of 2015. <laughs> I think that sounds right. Nice. And and I was also surprised to see my son's name in there. <laughs> Which is yeah, really that's cool. I bet your son's gonna be excited. Yeah, to see he that. he was he was pretty excited. The funny thing is, was I remember playing with him, and he gave me some feedback and suggestions when we play tested it, and and I told uh, Rustin the the ideas. He said, "Oh, those are great ideas. Uh, I'll make sure to include them in the credits." So sure enough, there he is. <laughs> and and I don't remember what he suggested at all, you know, but but it was neat that that was included. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But I like the game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely want to play again. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping we got some plays in it. And we'll have to talk about it once we both found some. Excellent. Okay. The the other game I've been playing is a little bit I played once is Viceroy. Um I think it's a little bit of an older game. I just got it from my game store because they're having a sale. Um a Black Friday sale, so I picked it up and it included the expansion in it and which is I don't know, a dozen cards or something like that. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I get the feeling that it's not a, a very deep game, maybe not a very popular game, because honestly I haven't seen it listed that much on the solitaire games on your table. But I enjoyed playing through it, definitely. I found. I, Did we not review Viceroy? I don't, no. I, I seem to remember you telling me about it at some point, but I don't think we've ever reviewed it, no. Yeah, I definitely talked about it some because it was a game that I got and played both solo multiplayer, and I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, it's been a while since I played it, and I can't remember specifically why, but I wasn't a big fan of it, and I ended up letting it go. Okay. Yeah, I only played it once. Um, I found that every turn I spent a lot of time thinking about what to do, and that's what I enjoyed about it. But, you know, like I said, one place I, I don't have a strong opinion yet. Oh, and I did get the mouse pad with it, too. So it was the game, the expansion cards, yeah, and the mouse I, we pad. We had all the upgrade components <laughs> and things. It's too good a deal to pass up. Yeah, I had picked up a, a Kickstarter copy, so it had ah, all the okay. expansions. Everything came with it. Cool. Um, man, that's that's about it for me lately. I mean, it's been a busy couple of months with my wife traveling for work a lot and, and just things going on. 
and just starting today is now finally when things have been locked for a while. Uh, do you got anything? Anything you've been playing you want to mention or not yet? No. Not really. I mean, okay. No. <laughs> I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing some, you know, I've been playing some Arkham Horror. I've been playing some Pandemic Season 2. Mm, okay. But I have not tried that at not all. Much, not much else other than that, in all honesty. Okay. Yeah, I haven't played Pandemic Season 1 or 2. You yeah, should. I should. They're both excellent. I'm really enjoying playing Season 2. We're only into April. Okay. We're only into April. No, we're only into March, actually. Because we lost to March. But we're only into March, and I'm not going to tell you anything that happens in it. Um, but it's fun. It's really okay. worth it. That's good enough for me. All right. Uh, should we move on to a little bit of news sort of stuff? And Do people... I wonder if I should mention the event that I'm running. Nah, I'd pass on the event. Okay. I would do that. It has nothing to do with solo gaming. Got okay, yeah. Um, let's Let's save people's choice for after the news. Um, all right. Okay. So, so news. I got two small pieces of news. Um, and, you know, I think they're they're kind of old at this point. The, the first one is, which is, there's a, a new app for Star Wars, Imperial Assault. Oh, but the second one isn't. No, the second one's kind of fresh. But let's start with the first one, Star Wars app. Oh, but I want to talk about the second one. <laughs> but Star, did you not, you didn't like this app? Did you? There was an. I. Mm-hmm. Did like the descent. Did you? Okay. So this is. I did like the more of the same, but with a Star Wars theme, right? Because there, it's a the Imperial Assault game, which is a lot like Descent, but not the same. And now there's an app for that one too. With people have been waiting and asking for it, and and now it's available. Uh, you know, it's it's not as uh, full as the Descent app because it just came out. You know, I think maybe three weeks ago. So there isn't a lot of content for it yet. Give it time. I'm sure there'll be a lot more. It does let you play solo, which is neat. You know, I know a lot of people have bought it because it's Star Wars. Oh my gosh! And so, so you buy it, you buy the expansions, and now you haven't been able to play it, and now you can. All right. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and Star Wars movie just came out two days ago. I have not seen it yet. We're gonna go this week. I'm not gonna see it till it gets to the. Oh, Sorry. you're lost. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't. I never go. I never go out to theaters. Uh, I rarely do. I never did. And I, I tell you, I think in the last two years, I have gone to, I have doubled the amount of movies I see, tripled the amount of movies I see because I've gone to see Star Wars. <laughs> the two, I saw the <laughs> the whatever it is, Episode Seven twice, and and then the Rogue One last year. So I've seen three movies in two years, <laughs> which is a lot more than I saw. You must, you must be a total Star Wars. Oh geek. yeah, no, um, I went with my wife, and then the. Day after we were gonna go with the local game store, there they had uh, rented out the theater and invited folks to go see it. And we we're gonna go. My wife ended up working, and my kids didn't want to see it after they saw the first time because they're a little bit too scared by it. So does that mean that you've been very much looking forward to the app? Because everyone knew it was coming. Um, no, I, I I'm not interested in playing. Honestly, the the theme of dungeon crawl Star Wars feels strange to me. It really? does. It doesn't. I prefer it to Descent, yeah. in all honesty. Well, other than crawling around the Death Star, anything else to me will seem strange. And there's only so much crawling around the Death Star you really? could do. But there's there's plenty of options for places that it could be. Yeah, I don't... 
I don't know why I don't believe it. Have you it. played it no, through? I haven't played it at all. You got to play it through because there's lots of places. It could be through a forest. It could be through one of the dive bars. It could be through one of the hut organization um, strongholds. There's there's lots of places for it. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't sound interesting, actually. Crawling around through all those places in a dungeon crawl style game does not sound fun. I'd, I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can't argue with you about what it is that you like, but to me, I'm more interested in playing a Star Wars game than a Descent game. And I knew that this app was coming mm-hmm. out. It's just obvious that it was coming out. And I'm more excited to play Star Wars with the app than Descent with hmm, the app. Okay. So you might get it? I probably will not get friends. it because it's far too expensive to buy into. Okay. Because to get all of the Star Wars stuff and the expansions and the models and the but uh, it's, no, I can't, I can't get in on all that. That's too much. The for cost me. to get it in is just the cost of the base game. I mean, the rest comes later. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't look at it like that. As with Arkham Horror, the card game, if I'm not buying into everything, I'm going nothing. It's all or nothing with these type of games. Yeah, but with that's you know? different because you started from the ground up, and so you're buying a deck every every few weeks or month or whatever it is, right? So it's so yes. buying into it was very simple for you. But with but with the Star Wars app game, I know that there's going to be more in those later packs that I'm going to want, and the the core set is a core set. It doesn't have a whole lot mm-hmm. of content to it, to my understanding, and you're expected to continue to buy more expansions and scenarios and things. And I, to my understanding, you can't even open up more of the app. Well, I, the way Descent worked, I believe, is that you couldn't open up more of the app without buying more of the expansions and the next big box expansion. And I, I just don't think I can maintain that pace. Now, I didn't play a lot of the Descent one because the, the tablet I was using broke and I can't play it on my phone. It's too tiny of a screen. Um, but what I remember is you don't have to buy any expansions. You could play it just if you did get expansions, it would some of the creatures from those expansions might show up. But you didn't need them otherwise. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I mean, that was a while ago. Things may have changed. Um, if buying into a lot of stuff is a problem, though, maybe you should get the uh, the other thing Fantasy Flight announced, which is the Lord of the Rings living card game digital version. And, and Digital coming to Steam. To Steam, yes. And pro- and later on to other f- platforms. Uh, have they said that officially? I believe I read that, yes, that it'll be a Steam first and then later, um, I think they mentioned Android. Ooh, oh, that's even more interesting. Er, that's more interesting. I, didn't, I don't remember seeing that, but even just for Steam, I'm pretty interested. Um, this is, again, I like the Arkham Horror card game, Lord of the Rings, I've played a little bit of. This looks like a more streamlined version of Lord of the Rings, the living card game, or Lord of the Rings card game. Um, it looks like it's being designed for a more mass audience, you know, the Hearthstone type audience, things like that. It's designed for less of a hobby game type person. It's currently in early access, so it's currently not free to play, but it will be free to play, um, which means maybe pay to win. Unclear at one point in time, but, you know, it's, that looks really good to me. That looks like it's going to be fun. It does. It, it does It does look neat. I kind of don't like the way it sounds like it's more collectible in the way it's described. A little bit, maybe, maybe not, but... I don't think it's collectible. No, but they say there's like one of three... 
said she could buy at the beginning. And they all will sort of unlock the same more content. But the way I read it, it sounds like you get a different deck. But I think that they're... But I think that they're fixed. Yeah, and that would make sense because that is the way they do things. It's like it's like any other LCG. It's their it's their LCG thing. It's you. They're, they're going to release it with three decks, but this is not this is not like Hearthstone where you have a sealed pack and who knows what comes out of it. This is not a Magic. It's not a CCG mm-hmm. game. It's an LCG. No, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, I love this game, so I'm I'll be definitely happy to try it. I don't think I want to spend money on an app version. Well, it's free to play. Yeah, and and I'm okay with that. Of course, my problem again is I'll be on my phone and it's going to be tiny, so I'm not going to play it. It's going to be unreadable. Well, I mean, it's being done. It's presumably oh, being Steam. done. If not in collaboration, then you know, in in close quarters with the other people on Asmodee, um, who have done things like Onirim. You know, mm-hmm. they've done a really good job at miniaturization. And if you could miniaturize down Sentinels. To make it really good, you can miniaturize down Lord of the Rings to make it really good. <laughs> I fully believe that's true. Though, though, I will say that Sentinels was not a fun game digitally. <laughs> but I know I, we have a well, bone you, of contention there. <laughs> we are going to we are going to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. yeah, we are going to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Now, either either way, if it's, I'm probably not going to play it digitally. I'd rather just pull out the board game. I may try, but I know I won't stick to it. Well, I don't own anything from the board mm-hmm. game, so it's not really that much of a question for me. I'm going to be playing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, th- th- I'm going to be running a... I'm going to be playing it more to compare to Arkham Horror than to the card game, than the original board Speaking game. of the board game, I'm going to be running an event at my local game store for Lord of the Rings in a couple of weeks. It's, they, they do the the games every year where you go play at the game store, sort of like they do with the tournaments with the other games. I forget what they call it exactly. And my game store got one of the kits for it, and I said I'll be happy to run it for them. So I'm going to be doing that. Which I don't know if anybody else is going to show, because people in my store don't really play Lord of the Rings, other than myself. <laughs> but that's okay. Running a solo event. Well, I mean, it's cooperative anyway. You know, it's one, one to twelve players yeah. can, can participate. Right, if you're going to run it solo. And my son is going to be there. Why not run a solo My son podcast? will play, so. Oh, there you so go. Too. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so that's I think on the thirtieth of December. So it's just a... and I believe that the top one hundred also came. out. Yes, the top hundred came out. We should definitely talk about that. Um, that that was interesting. You know, the uh, every night is game night uh, had Kevin Erskine on it, and they went through it in a lot of detail, and it was fun to listen to that. Um, I think we have some of our own opinions that we'd like to share. Though so I will I will say, um, it was a good discussion. You should go listen to it if you don't already listen to that podcast. Uh, a lot of interesting. They did it in two parts. They did the first 50 and then the next 50. Um, what did you think of it, Julius? I thought okay. it was okay. I mean, there's been some, definitely some talk on the Guild about what exactly is the top 100 games. Is this <laughs> saying it's the best games? Is it saying it's the most popular games? Like, what is the top 100 games? And in the end... You know what the top 100 games are? They're the top 100 games. They're not the best. They're not the most popular. They're what people voted on to put on the top 100. And it's nothing more than a snapshot of just that. If someone were to ask me what to get, I wouldn't say, hey, the best solo game is the number one on the top 100. I probably wouldn't say that. I wouldn't even say that's the best solo game for them. Nope. It's just a bunch of really good games that people highly recommend. 
What games should you get? Here's a list of 100. Look through it and see the ones that look interesting to you because these are games that have generally been agreed are are some of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I give it the same amount of rating because, again, I don't personally vote for what is my favorite Mm. top game. And my I don't I don't put together that list because I can't <laughs> I find it very difficult for me to do so I'm not going to put a lot of stock in the fact that Mage Knight is number one and things like yeah. that the, I just don't put a lot of stock in it the, you remember last time we talked about it and I said I'll submit my list and I just kind of put it together and don't worry about it too much I actually didn't and I told yeah. you oh I got plenty of time I didn't submit it until the day was due at about like 10pm <laughs> oh I better do this. So I went through and, and rushed it. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it made a lot of difference. I'm, I'm glad way. you managed it. I mean, I, I'm happy with my list. Don't get me wrong. What was your number one? Um, The Lord of the Rings, the card game. I have played that game Ooh. so much more than any other game that I, it has to be my number one. I mean, I think my next closest game has been... That game, I think I'm at 192 plays. The next closest is probably around 50. So yeah, nice. so there's just no way I couldn't list it as number one. Yeah, I mean, if we're ranking it just in terms of what has the most plays, Arkham Horror uh, has the most plays. Really played, already? But I don't know if that's a shock. <laughs> really already? That's a year old, isn't it? Yeah. It, wow. It's got a lot more plays than anything else I own, but it's got a lot more content than anything else I own. Mm-hmm. I, you know? So how many plays do you think you have with that? <laughs> Three per scenario. It's about three per scenario out there. Mm, okay. And maybe four for some of them. Maybe even five for some. And so of there's them. about a dozen scenarios. Maybe even six for for a couple. Especially the ones in the starter set, probably. So yeah, so you probably you probably got around. Well, no, plays. there's at there's at least no. Th- there's already seven, ten, another. Four, 14 15s there's 15 there's 15 scenarios so far wow plus there's the two standalones so that's 17 and i've played each one at least three times some of them i played as many as six or seven mm-hmm. times so at least 50 plays so, probably more definitely more probably more yeah okay yeah. so that might have been your number one if you had uh voted but that's just if I'm ranking in terms of number of plays. Yeah, but it might have been your number one. So it might have brought down uh, Mage Knight. <laughs> but I don't know that I would have voted as my number one game. No, I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Because it wouldn't have brought down Mage Knight. Because Mage Knight, you know, I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to like it. I haven't played it, but I played the Star Trek version. But Mage Knight is number one, right? It's been number one every year. And it is so far ahead of everybody else that it just can be number one for like ever. Uh-huh. I think so. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Okay. Did you see it on the list? Did you look at where it stands and all that? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, the number of votes it got is I just so I many. Mean, it's also a problem that it's, it's an old game. There's more people who have it. It's just reached mass peak. It's probably the game that the most amount of people across the guild own. You know, if if we were to do if we were to do a poll, and of each of the top one hundred, do you own it or do you not? I have a feeling it would be the highest percentage. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and I believe that, but I mean, it gets so many more votes than everybody else. I mean, it, it can't just be just because more people have it. Because it's got 65 I mean, votes. It's not just one. because more people have it. It's because more people have it and it's really good. Yeah. yeah yep. It's, it's both of those things. It's really good and more people have it. It'll be wrong for... Okay. But, you know, like, compare it with, say, Spirit Island. I think Spirit Island probably is just as good as Mage Knight. I'm not going to say better than Mage Knight, worse than Mage Knight. Spirit Island is definitely in the same category as Mage Knight. I think a lot less people have Mage Knight. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot less... Or have Spirit Island, mm-hmm. rather. A lot less people have Spirit Island, but Spirit Island is a great game it may even be the best game released in 2017 i think really it may be that it is i want to play that okay it's really good spirit island is really good it's very well let me let me put a caveat on that spirit island with the expansion which if you're a kickstarter backer you got it with the expansion and it was it feels like it was designed to be purchased together with the expansion it feels like those are the same game. So it feels like almost like you get a base game and then you have to buy the expansion for all the content. So I'm going to say with the expansion. With the expansion, it has a lot of replayability, a lot of variability and challenge in types of gameplay and scenarios, a bunch of different spirits that all control very differently, plays great across the player counts, um, and you can play it solo, you can play it one-handed you can play it two-handed it's very well integrated in theme very well integrated components looks really good if there if it weren't that there were already a large number of people in my local group already own a copy of it i would go get a copy of it i've managed to play it already like eight times without owning a copy of it which just shows there's a lot of people (laughs) who are enamored with it in my local group but it's a really good game i definitely say it's in the same rank as Mage Knight, which is probably true of many of the games in the top 100. But it just doesn't have as many people who own it. If Spirit Island would have come out at the same time as Mage Knight, it may very well be in the same category as Mage Knight. So it's, I think it's just critical mass of people have it, plus the fact that it's really good. And that's just exactly. what it is, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's interesting, yep. And who knows? I, either way, Kevin says constantly, the point of this list is to have fun. No, it's not. It's to show that my game is better than yours. <laughs> Only if your game is Lord of the Rings and not Arkham Horror. I, I'm <laughs> just going to point out, Arkham Horror, is the, is, it's it's in the top ten, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But And it may have ranked higher than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> one number higher than Lord of the Rings. But it got less number one votes, you see. It only got 20 number one votes, while Did Lord it? of the Rings got 24. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's fun to, <laughs> to just talk nonsense about this stuff. It is. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about which which one do you prefer, Lord of the Rings or Arkham Horror? I prefer them differently. I, I, I think they're both fine games. Oh, you are uh, such a person. Copy now. No, the thing is, I Lord of the Rings, I like because a lot because I play a scenario, and what I will do is I will not play any other scenario until I finish that one, until I beat it. And, you know, I will play it, a couple games and I'll lose and then I'll go back and tweak my deck and play it some more and tweak my deck and work to get a really good deck to beat it. And I enjoy playing it that way. I like the, figuring out the the deck for it. 
Um, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes I get frustrated and give up and cheat my way through the game. And, oh, well, look, I won. I forgot to take damage after time, but I won. <laughs> but I enjoy that aspect of the game. Arkham Horror is very different. It doesn't have that same aspect. You build your deck, and you play through each scenario once and move on to the next. You don't have the same opportunity to go back and build them. So, so it's really Unless hard. Unless you're doing standalones. I mean, you do yeah, it through standalones. Yeah, and, and if I'm going to do standalones, I'd say I'd rather do Lord of the Rings. It's really good at that. I'd say Arkham Horror is so much better in, in the story mode and going through that story. Because the stories, I, I think, are, are... I don't want to say better design, but they, they, they're better stories. They're more interesting in, in, as a story than the Lord of the Rings ones are. I hear what you're saying. I couldn't tell you because I don't own enough... Art. I, don't, I don't own any Lord of the Rings stuff. And I've played it only a couple times, so I couldn't really tell you a good enough comparison between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But I definitely believe that Arkham Horror is better. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of the fact that I don't really know that much about Lord of the Rings. I still... Just based on the few times I've played it, I still believe Arkham Horror is better. Yep. But I can't really tell you why. I... I yeah. I'd like to say I'm surprised by Nemo's War and how high it went up from the previous years. But I wouldn't say that I am. Did you see, in 2015, the first year was at 133. Last year was at 362. So it was way, way at the bottom of the list. And this year is way up at 19. <laughs> and this is when they released the new fancy deluxe nice component version. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those nice components are really nice. They make the game so much better. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Nemo's War is a good one. But, you know, yeah, it, it was the same game before. So, if it got... If it got a 19 this year and 133 another year, the only difference is the components. So the components made it that much better, apparently. So here's the question I ask you. Is it worth it for us to talk more about games that are on the top 100? Or should we talk about games that aren't on the top 100? Because presumably like everyone knows about the games of the top 100. Who hasn't heard of Seventh Continent or Onirim or Gloomhaven? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, and, and you know, yeah, you already know them. So let's hear about a game nobody knows—one that maybe could someday be in the top hundred. <laughs> but I don't. I also don't know if that's true because, no. for example, I only I I wouldn't have you know let's talk about terraforming Mars, for example. I don't know that I would know that much about it if I didn't have a copy of it. And you may not have a copy of it. You may be considering. You may want it. Yeah, it's a difficult question. It's definitely one that I've considered a bunch of times. Like, do we review hot games that are good games, or do we review games that are sort of maybe hidden gems or less known? Yep, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. When I started, there there was nobody else talking about games, and so so any game that had solitaire that I talked about, it it was useful because people didn't necessarily know about it in solitaire aspect, and and so there wouldn't be a lot of information out there. Now there's so many games. Th- right. that you know you can't cover them all so in a way it doesn't matter which one you talk about and if other people are talking about it there's not as much value in talk in us talking about it move on to a different game right then again it's a different perspective i mean for for example a couple months ago we talked about um let's shoot what's that game neither of us liked actually uh the one from indie board and card games that deck building game i don't remember the name but we didn't like it everybody else loves it so so i think you know, even if we're in the minority, we gave a different perspective, and that was valuable to somebody somewhere. Aeon's End. Yes, 
Yes, that's the Are one. you talking about Anton? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, for here, here's another example, Charterstone. You don't have a copy of it, but it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna be on here. I fully believe it's gonna be on here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But if if you still don't have it, is it something you'd be interested in hearing me telling you all about? Presumably, because you don't have it. Right. Uh, 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 Even though it's on here. Unless it's a game that if you told me about it, it was going to give me a lot of spoilers that would ruin it for me if I am going to end up playing it. Or There's ways of solving it. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. I'd love to hear what our listeners think about that particular question more. You know, anybody who wants to reach out to us on either our Discord or over on the Guild, let us know. I'm definitely curious to hear if listeners have any opinions one way or the other on that. Mm-hmm. And, and Discord's a good example, too, by the I'm sorry, Discord. Charterstone's a good example because I know other solitary podcasters and content creators are probably going to talk about it too at some point, for sure. So we'll see. should we spend our time on it or, or not? Anyway. But I definitely know one game that's not on the top 100. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where it ranks, but Agents of Smirsh was surprisingly not the top 100 games. None of the top 100 games. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not well, so much. I don't know so. too surprising, but... Let's go ahead and jump into our review of Agents of Smirsh. All right. Let's do that. Let me see. Where is it on the list? I'm going to check where, where you come back. Because I'm still here. What? <laughs> Nothing. I'm, I'm pulling out Kevin's list to see if it ranked at all. He, he publishes the complete list. Music, 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 music. I'm back. Um, Are you back yet? I, 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 mean, <laughs> I don't know. All right, so... <laughs> Theoretically, yes. It's not like we're doing this live. We don't feel like, are we on the air? I don't know. I mean, you said you were going somewhere. Oh, my somewhere. God. <laughs> I said music, 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 and we're back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out we weren't. <laughs> and now we're back. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just going through a laughing fit. Albert, control yourself. Deep breaths. So today's game is Agents of Smirsh. Um, this is a cooperative storytelling game, a lot like uh, Tales of Arabian Nights, which is originally, well, I don't know who originally published it, but it was last published by Z-Man Games and still being published by them. It's a, it's a type of game where you're actually opening up a paragraph book and reading pieces of story that fill in your, your character story as you play. Um, um, it is a game where you're going around the board trying to stop the evil Dr. Lobo from maybe destroying the world or something. Think of James Bond, Austin Powers. That's what I think. Destroy the world or something. <laughs> yeah. It's your typical 1960s spy story. As a matter of fact, it is set in the 60s. Um, so I think that's a brief summary there. Anything else you want to add to that, Julius? Classic 60s. Is it? Yep. At least it's supposed to be. I don't know that I felt it so much, but we could get into that later. Um, this game did make it onto the top list it it was voted on i just want to mention this it did not make it in the top 100 it was ranked 298th out of how many games total out of 517 so it's somewhere near the middle not quite did anyone vote it as their top game uh let me go back to it smirsh uh i don't have head ins i don't think so i'm guessing this is the number one yeah no nobody voted for number one yeah, because I'm reminded of a. I was recently listening to an interview with the designer of uh, Arkham Horror, um, Matt Newman, and he commented that every scenario, every investigator is someone's favorite. I was thinking, I don't 
know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> no? I could, I mean, I could see having a favorite investigator and whatnot based on the way they look or, or their little backstory. <laughs> I could see it being a game where people are going to pick favorites of, of this or that. I don't know. <laughs> but, anyway. You know, I have no idea. I don't know that I have a favorite yet. That's for sure. Um, so a quick history on this game, about the game, um, because we're going to have a super mini history segment. Smirsh, the we- really weird word, is actually a real spy organization that apparently existed at one point in time. It was it it was a Russian organization. It was an umbrella organization, basically, that oversaw other organizations. And it existed from 1942 to 1946, possibly longer, but at least those are the, the dates that, that they admitted to it existing. Um, it was the goals of this organization was counterintelligence, counterterrorism, and foreign intelligence. Oh, and that's that's basically the, all the history I know about it. I, I was surprised it was a real organization. <laughs> <laughs> I it's such a weird word. Where did the word they get smirched? I thought it was some sort of a joke originally when I saw the game and I saw the title. I thought it was sort of a a joke title. Sort of like don't know why you would think that the order of the stick or something like that, like that game where, where it's all sort of tongue in cheek, and so I assume Smirch was a tongue in cheek sort of title, but apparently not. No idea. Yeah, no, apparently not. <laughs> um, the game is also I'd say equally based on James Bond, maybe more so based on James Bond stories and and spy stories of the sixties, um, and it probably has a bigger foot in, in that than it does in, in the historical Smirch. <laughs> la 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 la. See, I mean, it just works. Um, so there we go. History segment. The rules. Um, do you want to talk about the rules, Julius? You, you know more about the rules than I do. <laughs> I don't know why you claim that, but sure, I'll talk more about the rules. Um, the rule. Well, the rules look like they're from the sixties. <laughs> they kind of do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're. They don't feel polished like like a newer rulebook so so much. It's not right. bad, but yeah. They don't feel they don't feel super polished. It's decent. It's okay. It gets the job done, I suppose. It doesn't feel as polished. It feels, I don't know, dry and not as informative as it could be. I mean, in fact, there's certain segments of the rules that are just outright confusing. Like here, I'll give you, let me give you a couple examples of some things that are confusing. As part of setup, you get some secret missions. You get two cards and you put them tucked under your board um, for your secret missions card. At the end of your turn, if you flipped over, if you're at one of those cities, which are listed on the secret missions cards, so you flip it face down. If you flipped over both of them, then you get to claim a reward that's listed over somewhere else in the book. But nothing if you did only one of them. And then you get two new secret missions and you have to go do it again. So that would be a great way of explaining to you secret missions. Put that all in one space. That's split over three sections in the book. That's put in setup about doing the secret missions. And it's put in game phases about flipping them face down. And that at the very end of game phases, it, it throws in, without any like bold or anything, it's in part of the villain phases, it looks like. That... You, you get to claim one of those rewards. 
why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why do you split that all up like that? It's so hard to follow and understand what it is. Everything about secret missions should be in one place. That's how you write a good rule book. Yep. And, and, and here's another one. Before you go on to another, I found that rule confusing. Matter of fact, there's a couple of things I didn't realize. I agree. I hated it being all over the place. I didn't know that you got more secret missions. I never found that. I never caught that at all. And I saw yeah, the, it says that. Yeah, and I saw the part where it says you, you get this if you complete two missions, but then there's another part where it said that the way it was worded, it sounded like you get it after you complete any mission. And so I ended up just saying if I complete a mission, I get the benefit. Not if I not have complete both to then get the, the benefit after I get completing both. It was just, it wasn't clear. It wasn't clear and it was hard to decipher. So you know, in the end, it sort of just went with what felt right. Yeah, I don't think you don't get anything for completing just one. But yeah, that's just one example. And here's another example of something else. And mm-hmm. we'll probably get back to this when we talk more about components. But the game comes with a big book of encounters. That when you go to a place, you flip over a card that determines which uh, encounter number you're reading. And then you get to pick one of your reactions. So it may say, run. And you can pick between various options. And so you can pick meditate or double back or try harder. So you pick one of those, and between the combination of all of those, that picks for you which encounter uh, encounter paragraph you pull up in the book. But the book in the first edition was optional. You could use the book encounter deck, which instead of having the big giant book of words, you can have just the encounter deck, which instead of having a story, it just says, test strength, um, and that's it or tests skill, persuasion automatically succeeds, and that's it. Whereas in the final version of the encounter book, it says, you're stuck on an island trying to navigate your way around. You must test perception in order to locate the path markers left before you. Disguise allows you to infiltrate. And, and so there's story and things in, in the actual book. But the rules are backwards at this point in time. The rules say, hey, the book is optional, and this encounter deck, which is nowhere in the game anymore is how you're expected to play through the game. That's what the rules are initially yeah. telling you to do. I spent a while looking it's for the deck. It's not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. Update your rules for what's in the box. <laughs> yeah. It, it, they, they, put out, they put out this as the version 2.0 rules. Resolves all problems, they say, in their own board game post. In their own post on BGG. Yep. Sirs, please do not make claims like that. <laughs> and so, you know, every publisher does make uh, rules errors and stuff like that here and there. But but reading this, it this felt unpolished 2.0. and it, it felt like a small publisher, which is exactly what this is. You know, it's it's probably one guy. Yeah. And it's a labor of love. Um, so, so there are going to be some errors. Even at this point in time, I think that this publisher is, is now under. I don't think I don't think they're solvent in designing anymore. Are you sure? Because there's a couple games out that they're making that sure look really recent. I should know. I don't know. They I'm must sure. be. They must be because I, I I had the game, just the game itself, and I played it and I really had fun with it. And I said, I really want to see what the the Kickstarter thing brings. So I went to their website and I ordered it and I just got it a couple of days ago. So they're at least solvent as of like two days ago. <laughs> I well, I think they, well, I don't know. So yeah. I, I, just a second. Uh-huh. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I, I think what, what Julie's looking at, I think the rules, they are, they're a little hard to decipher. I found it a little frustrating playing through it. It took me a while to go, and I was referring to the book a lot. But then I found that the second time I played the game, I barely looked at the rules. I had internalized 
And even if I was getting some of it wrong, I internalized it all pretty easily and pretty well, and I was able to play very quickly. Um, right. So, so going through that struggle may be frustrating, but once you get it, it, it's such a simple game. I don't know. There's still a lot of reminders that I feel like could be written on the board. Like, if you fail, you have to draw a Lobo card, or about the amount of intel overflow that causes you to lose all your intel on the board or what you need to win on the game. Like these are things that could be put on the board. You know, look, compare the, this board, the board of Nemo's war, which has enough reminder text on there to help you remember all this. And just a couple more reminders, you know, on the Intel pool, on the Lobo board, on the, on the card scenarios and things like that. Like there are places they could have put these things that would have made it easier to play as well. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's enough space on the board for that. Definitely. So it could have had more rules reminders in addition to having a better win of rules. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree I with know. that. I found the rules really... I found the rules re- very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, theme. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unless you have something more about the rules. Uh, theme. Nah, theme. Okay. I I like the theme. I like the, the setting and all that. I didn't feel... It felt like a 60 spy. It felt more generic. Why did you feel like a 60s spy? I felt like I was a spy, but it could have been the 90s. It could have been any any decade to me. It, it didn't specifically feel 60s. Oh, they, they made occasional references that sort of did, but for the most part... What would have made it feel more like the 60s to you, as opposed to... I mean, what would have made it feel like the 60s? Ah. Not all of us were alive back then to remember it so well. <laughs> I was alive in the 60s. I was, I was born in 69. Technically, I was alive for 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 a good ninety percent of the sixties. <laughs> I was nowhere near the sixties. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I don't. You know, honestly, that, that's a good question because I don't know what would have made it feel more like the sixties. Um, I mean, there were reference to like the the. I, I think the style of the cards, the clothing that people are wearing, the pictures, the way they describe things. Like one guy's running around with, you know, the big gadget phone. <laughs> this is oh yeah. This is not smartphone error or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. One, one, There's one guy's around with like a shoe phone. Yeah, one of the paragraphs is like a shoe get phone. Smart to me. <laughs> You're right. Every once in a while, see, every once in a while that like does smart. come up. But for the most part, I'd say I totally forget that it's the '60s. And I think part of it for me is the map feels modern. The art style of the map and the characters. I don't even agree with no? you on that. Yeah. Okay, is this, no, I don't agree it's with just you. me. It feels like it feels older. I don't think it. I don't think it feels like '60s to me. But it's hard for me to differentiate between older and '60s. Okay, you know, it feels like it's out of an older James Bond. It feels like an older James Bond movie, and it really does. Between the encounters, between playing it through. It feels like you're playing through a James Bond movie. That's what it feels like to me. That, and I think it really gets that theme. That I do agree with. The, the, the feeling is definitely James Bond. And maybe maybe that's part of why yeah. I don't feel the 60. A lot of the James Bond movies have have evolved with time and have always felt and looked modern. The last few movies. Not the older ones. No, right. But they, they were modern for the times. And they've always been modern for the times. It feels, it feels like the older ones, like Pierce Brosnan era. Okay. <laughs> The spy feeling is there no matter what. We'll move on. It is a spy story, and it definitely feels like it. (laughs) Components? And that's really the most important thing. Yeah. It's not that important for it to feel like 60s versus 80s, 90s, 2000s. It has to feel like a spy theme, and it really feels like a spy theme. This is more 71 than 60s, I'd say. I think it's all wrong. Right. It feels, (laughs) it feels very strongly like a spy theme. 
you'll have to agree with me on that. Yeah, no, I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think yeah. that part comes along nicely. Components. Um, the board. The board's nice. It kind of reminds me of Pandemic, the style of the board. The, the style of the painting, in a way. Not necessarily the okay. icons, but the, the map itself does. Um, okay. The the components... Right, can these a whole bunch of decks. When you set up the game, you got to put out a lot of decks, Yes. A lot, di- lot of decks of cards. Lot of, uh, dice isn't too bad. A lot of little counters here and there. I like the dice. The dice are really nice. There's one mechanic in the game. When you're trying to determine success, you have a bag of custom engraved dice. And you'll pull out a number equal to your skill level or any bonuses you may have. And you pull out a number and then you roll them. And if you roll the success icon, you get a success. If you roll anything else, you get an injury or just a fail. Um, and that's that's the, that's the method of success. And those are really nice dice. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're large. They're chunky. They, it's very clear, the icons on them. That's a good component. Yeah, absolutely. The and I think there's a little bit of a push your luck feeling to it because when you draw the dice, you could use to you could spend some of your uh, one of your resources. I forget what's called perseverance or something like that, and um, and spend one to draw another die from the bag. And some of the characters can spend more than one, and you could spend one, draw one die, look at it, decide what it is, and then you could choose to, to spend. And that's another. a very hard resource to get back though. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it's such a hard to get back resource that that it. You don't use it that way often, and so the the push your luck isn't very strong in it. I kind of wish it was a little more because uh-huh. that's that's always fun for me. But, but you know, whatever. The so yeah, okay. the card, the dice are nice. It comes with a nice bag. The the tokens, some of them are itty bitty, some of them are bigger. They're fine. Yeah, even the little ones. I'm okay with the ones that are little because they're they all they need to do is show you can't go into that airport. Yep, they're they easy to see. To be. They're, they're perfect for what it is that they have to do. Mm-hmm. You're right. The um, only issue I had with components um, was the – there's one set of tokens that you have, the advanced skill tokens, which are a word around type thing. So the words is written in a small circle. I found that very hard to read. I don't know if you had the same issue. I did. But I found that very hard to read around yeah. the circle. And when you start the game or whenever you get them, it'll say, oh, you, you gained the speed skill. And then you got to look through all the tokens to find the speed or whatever. Or, or you gain yeah, you gain two hard. skills, you pick them. You know, I decided I'm not going to even try. I'm just going to – whenever it says I get a skill, I'm just going to draw a random one. And in a way, it doesn't really matter what I get in this game um, because the scenarios are going to – sort of be kind of random and they'll tell you you use a skill and either you have it or you don't. So I just didn't worry about it. That made my life so much easier. <laughs> it's only made the skills Yeah, I hear that. Except that you still have to you have to read them through to select them all things like and, that. Yeah, so there's th- sometimes there's also that. where success gives you an advanced skill of your choice and you have to read through them all. It's not like you have a list. It would have been easier if those were cards, like mini cards or, or something like that. Or even if it had just been written. I really would have preferred for them to just be mini cards because there's the other mini cards that you get that if you can have a cool car or yeah. a double agent helper or something like that. Have you played Tales so, of the Arabian Nights? I have, yes. That one does skills in cards. I think it's skills or something like that. I hate that. I hate having to go through those cards to find the right one. I, I am much is happier. That, I mean, is it worse than having to pick through tokens, really? Well, since I didn't pick through the tokens and I just drew one randomly, it, it is worse. I, I didn't are, want to have to go through. There's many it. times you have to pick through the tokens. I didn't. I just said I'll take a random one. Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, you're 
you're not you're just weird then. It, no, I made my game that's easier. That's how I play the game. <laughs> you know, as long as it's fun, I think that's what matters. As long as you're having fun playing a game, if you want to adjust a rule here or there, I think that's okay. Especially well, I would prefer if it doesn't change cards because I play the rules like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Or how about a character sheet where you could cross off things and stuff like that? That'd be awesome. I mean, uh, I guess I can make one. No, because then I can't. <laughs> I mean, you can make one. I don't think I'd prefer that because a I can't do that on Shabbos because I can't write. Oh yeah. And b I have to make sure I have multiple ones of those or I have to laminate them. I don't think that's easier. Mm-hmm. Yep. So com- what else? Components. Components. Too many cards, as far as I'm concerned. Already, there's there's. One, two, three, four, five, eleven decks of cards. Yeah, and uh, it's not a big deal, but but it's a little bit much, I think. And so I wouldn't want to add another deck. Um, I'm glad it has eleven I mean, decks. This is the one you have to shuffle. Yeah, no, there isn't a lot of shuffling in the game. You shuffle at the beginning, and that's it. Um, you don't even necessarily the have to shuffle. That you have to shuffle the five the five encounter decks. Yeah, and those have about a dozen cards each, maybe, if that. So, yeah. so I mean, they're easy. It's it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not a big deal just to set out the decks. Either. As long as you have to shuffle them, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to quit arguing with you about whether it should be cards or tokens at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? Oh, Big Heavy Scenario Book. The book works fine. I find it easy to flip through. I find it easy to find whatever I'm, whatever chapter I need or whatever paragraph I need. Uh, yeah, so there you go, Components. Did you say you found it fiddly? I find using. I I find not the not the book fiddly. I find swapping between components a lot and having all the decks fiddly. And, and we could get that into that. Let's talk about gameplay now, because I think that's all the components, or at least all the important ones. Um, well, I think that if you have an issue that feels fiddly, it feels more like a component issue. But tell me about this fiddly thing, because I want to understand what you're saying, because I don't really agree with you. Um, so what I found, and it's not too bad, but there's a lot of drawing cards. Every turn, you're going to draw at least three cards. You know, you're going to draw a card to see what what uh, what encounter you're having in the city. You're going to draw a fate card to see that it impacts the number for that encounter. And you're going to draw a card at the end of the turn to, to adjust some of the counters of the board. That's the minimum. Actually, the minimum, I guess, if you have an ocean encounter, you would draw one less. But a lot of times you're going to draw other cards to randomly place characters. If you fail a fight or fail a skill check, you're going to have to draw another card to see the effect. So it's just a lot of card drawing every turn. Um, and that's what I'm finding fiddly. I kind, of, I kind of hear what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know that I find that. Too I don't think it's you have to do that. I, the whole you point do. of the game, the point of the game that they're looking for, is that you can have that big book of encounters, mm-hmm. and you can have a full story and the experience of that sort of adventure. So you need to have a way of randomizing your way through the card decks. No. So you need to have the the I agree. two. You need to have the city. And the fate card. I agree. You need time, it. What other way to randomize how you go through? Yeah, you need it. But it does make it going through all that to get to the scenario does feel a little bit fiddly to me. And I don't mind it. I just I just think it's worth saying that it feels there's like a lot of I steps mean, in it. Just it, there just are to find a lot a of steps in it. There are a lot of steps in it. I kind of wish that I had a better reference for how to go through that. There is one printed in the book. But the book is really heavy, and it's hard to be able to do all that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wish there were a better small card reference somewhere to tell you how to t- the step by step to pull up which scenario you're supposed to do. Now you mentioned there's an app and for this game. Does it take care of that? 
Yeah, so the app takes care of the scenario draw. So it you tell it which area you're in, and then it gives you a list of the type of things. So then it'll say, run is your card, and pick one of these responses. And so then you pick the response, and then it just pops up the story for you. Okay. So it takes care of it takes care of two of those mandatory card draws you were referring to, but none of the rest. So I would like that. For and me, the biggest advantage is I don't have to hold the big book in my hand yeah. if I'm not playing. And I, I guess you could always use the encounter deck instead of the book. Uh, <laughs> don't bring up the encounter deck. I, I, the encounter deck doesn't exist. Again, <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, so what else is there about the gameplay? Uh, You're ignoring me. I can tell. I lost my place. Uh, da, 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 da. So, so very similar to Tales of the Arabian Nights, the gameplay. Um, very similar. You're, you're traveling around a map. You're having encounters from this book. It's a little bit fiddly to get there, but you get there and you read an encounter. And you roll some dice to see how it works out, or you use them to see how it works out, and you move on to the next turn. Um, super. I, I, I'm surprised how much it feels like that game. On the other hand, it is also super like different. Yes, like Tales of the Arabian Nights. Um, yeah, except that this one actually has a way to win. <laughs> yes, and so, so there's a <laughs> with, few with differences. Tales, That's a big one. When I walk into Tales, I'm just throwing stuff up in the air and who knows what's going to happen. Because with Tales, if you know you walk up to a random guy and it says, do you pick to talk with him or do you pick to punch him in the face? You have no way of knowing and no real way of moving towards the success or anything you should be doing. Like, on your turn, well, what do I do? I have no idea. Just go somewhere and do something. That's all. Whereas in Smirsh, you actually have an objective. Move towards going and granting, getting that intel so we can shut down Dr. Lobo. Like, there's an actual thing I'm supposed to be moving towards. Mm-hmm. You don't have that intel. Oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't even talk about how you win in this game. But but yes, I, I agree. Tails doesn't have that. You're, it's sort of aimlessly wandering around having adventures. And it kind of doesn't matter where you go or what you do. There are some goals in the game, like you have goals to get to some location and do something. But but again, you're right; it doesn't really matter. Your goal is to just go up in points until you have enough points to win. Um, here, like you said, there's a very distinct win-lose condition. You're trying to get to that, um, and and it does feel more like a game in that sense. In that there's win or lose. While Tales of the Arabian Nights feels more like you're just going on an adventure to tell a story. And it, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. Who cares? As long as you had fun with the story. And just briefly to explain what the win-lose is in Agents of Smirsh, throughout the course of the game where you're randomly going to be putting intel tokens on the board, you have to go through and pick up those intel tokens until you have enough intel tokens to have information about where to raid their um, hideout. You then have to go beat up his second agents until you've basically cleared a way through to the hideout. Then with those two, you'll go and actually go to the hideout and flip over all the intel tokens and hope that you have enough, collected enough intel to shut down his evil plan. If you didn't, then try again. If you did, you win. Mm-hmm. That, that's basically, yeah. And so so there's four henchmen, on, and, you know, you, you get your intel token, you, you take it off the board, you put it into your intel pool, you've collected some information now. That lets you put one of the they're called location tokens, I think, on the board, which tells you where one of the henchmen is. Um, you go to that space, you flip over the counter to see which henchman it is, you fight it. If you succeed, that henchman levels up is a little harder now, and that and you get one point closer to finishing the game. In the solitaire mode, you have to if you're playing one character, you can play more. 
Uh, you have to defeat the henchman three times. Just fight him three times. You don't have to kill him completely. It doesn't matter which one it is. But once you've beat three fights with henchmen, the game ends immediately. And then you're going to look at those intel tokens that you have and see if you won or not. And the way that works is a track, which uh, I think it's Lobo Track or something like that. Um, it start at the yes. beginning. You don't need any intel. If you're able to defeat the three henchmen and it's still up there, you just win the game automatically. Otherwise, whenever you, you fail a, a skill check of any kind, you draw a Lobo card and it'll tell you to move him forward on the track. Either one or two spaces. Um, as he goes farther on the track, so Albert spent a lot more time going more into intel. <laughs> I've played a bunch just the last few days too, just to get ready for this. Um, what was it? So yeah, so that that's how that works. You you and and he and moves up the track. There actually is an endgame scenario. Yes. Hmm. Say that again. And so there actually is a way of proceeding towards the end game. Yes. It's not like you sit down and you have nowhere you're going other than wandering aimlessly. You actually have a goal in mind, which means that this is a game. Yes. Tales is not a game. No. Tales Tales is an adventure. Tales is more like. Mm, Rory Story Cubes, also not a game. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's more like that. You're, you're going through telling a story in a way the outcome doesn't matter. And and you know though, I like that about Tales. I like the the random stories where you go and you meet a person, oh, and your choice is either to fight him or to help him. And if you choose to fight him, it may be good for you, it may be bad for you. If you choose to help him, it may be good or bad. It, it you never know, and it's so sort of random, and and. But there's more consequences. Your choice, you actually have to make choices in your, in your little paragraph you read. In this one, you read a paragraph, it doesn't matter what it says, it's fun to read it, but in the end, you, it's, the point is there's a, a die roll, and I didn't succeed or fail that die roll. And that's all it is every time. The other ones... I mean, you do kind uh, of have control, know. because you get to make that response. And the responses do, to a certain degree, determine... Which of the paragraphs that you do? Yes. Yeah, it all comes down to a die roll, but you can try and predict which <laughs> of the die rolls are going to be more successful. I was so bad so at if that. If you're a guy who's better at thinking or courage, so you want to do meditate. Mm. If you're a guy who's more physically strong, you want to do run faster or something like that. Yep. And yeah, it's not a perfect art, but <laughs> what game would be? This is this is not designed to be a perfect strategy game. This is not a mage knight. This is not a Mage Knight game yeah. where you're trying to figure out exactly how it is that you win and it's all predetermined and you can math it all out. No, that's not what this is. No, no. That's just not what it is. It's, it's, it's a much lighter game. It's a fun game. It's relatively fast. A fast game could go... I finished a game in about 15 minutes the other day and I won it. And a slower 15 game... 15 minutes? Yeah. Wow. It just... I didn't... The, Dr. Lobo never advanced on the track at all, so I just had to kill three people. And and so I used some of the expansion characters, the henchmen, and I found Oh, you're them. saying you did that in solo. You did that solo. Solo, yes. It will definitely oh. take longer with more people. Um, yeah, I usually play two-handed. Okay. I, I tried two-handed. I tried solo just to get a feel for both. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. It, it works I fine. two-handed. Solo's easier. So, so yeah, solo game. Yeah, solo's easier. Solo's easier. I agree. That's Absolutely. That's do two-handed. But it, but it definitely does work, and the rule does give you ways to make the game more challenging, so you could do that if you still want to play solo. I think at some point, I mean, it's pretty random, but I think at some point it'll, it'll get too easy as you get better at the game, and it'll be hard to make it hard solo, and you'll have to play two-handed or three-handed. Maybe. I haven't gotten so that far into So what's your final thoughts then, Albert? What are your final thoughts? No, wait, wait. Before the final thoughts, I did want to mention... There... No, I want to do final thoughts before I do the expansions. Okay, fine. Um, I It's a fun game. I enjoyed playing it. 
I, I liked it. It's fast. I got to tell stories in it, and I just enjoyed traveling through the board and doing stuff. Yeah, I think this is also a very fun game. I'll give it a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. You, you know, again, this is a thumbs up for the type of game that it is. I have mm-hmm. to emphasize this is not a strategic game. This is a game where you're sitting down just simply really to experience the story and have some goal of where you're going. This is designed to be a game for an experience, not for strategy. Yeah, absolutely. This is very much the solo type of game that I'll solo with my daughter, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And she'll get to roll a lot of dice. And she'll roll the dice and she'll laugh at the story and I'll act it out and, and... you know, I'm I'm a dad, and I'll enjoy doing those things even without her around sometimes. <laughs> and that's fun. It's just just to enjoy enjoy the scenarios as you're playing through it. And yeah, it's good for that. It's, mm-hmm. I I definitely think it's better than Tales for that. That's interesting. I like them both. I like Tales. I'm I'm less likely to play it because it's going to take longer. It could go. Yeah. I think it could go a couple hours. And I don't think there's anything else on the market that really does this sort of thing, other than basically those. Maybe there's that new one coming from Fantasy Flight, which I've not played or really looked into that much. I I get the feeling that's more of a choose-your-own-adventure type game. I, I don't feel it has I the same know. paragraph book thing to it. I don't, yeah, no. I don't either. I don't know. That's an interesting game, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know if I'll get it or not. What is it, the one we're talking about? The um, something Stronghold or something like that? No idea. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> I'll, I'll look. It's in the Roombound universe. Legacy of Dragonholt. A narrative adventure game set in the Roombound universe. So moving on, uh, you believe I believe you wanted to talk about the expansions briefly also? Yeah, so just quickly, there are a few expansions for this game. Um, there's like five or six things that I know. One of them is called Swagman's Hope, and that was, that was actually uh, kick-started separately. It's unfortunately hard to find, but that I don't know a lot about it, but I know it's a map of Australia, maybe Antarctica and stuff. Um, I don't know how else it impacted the game, but like I said, it's unfortunately hard to find. It seems to be un- out of print. Other than that one, the rest of the stuff is available at the publisher's website. There is a campaign game. Uh, it's a book called Showdown, and it has, I think, eight different scenarios to play or so, including some of the... The paragraphs for the campaign are in there, but you still use all the other things from the main game. Unfortunately, that one, I'd say about 70-75%, you can play with the base game. The rest requires Swagman's Hope. So you couldn't actually finish the entire campaign unless you had Swagman's Hope, but you could get something out of it. There's also a Kickstarter promo set. You could order by the box, and it has extra characters, um, extra henchmen to play with, and a couple other things. A die for movement instead of just doing the normal movement as in the rule book. You could use a die to make it a little more random. Um, I think that was like I think twenty dollars for that expansion, and I like that it, it adds a lot of player characters. I think it adds six, and the game brings five. The yeah, I didn't like the henchmen That's in it so that much. I have, and I do like having the extra player characters. Yeah. I played with a henchman. That's the only edition I've had of all of these. Okay. I played it solo, and maybe I made a mistake of using too many of the, the new henchmen, but it that's what made the game super easy. At least I think that's what did. Um, I think if you're going to do that, just use one of the henchmen at a time, maybe. Anyway, so that's that. There's also an encounter deck that you mentioned earlier. You could buy the encounter deck. It's only $10. 
it's a it's a double deck of cards. It looks like it's 108 cards. So if you really want to have that encounter deck, so you don't have to flip through the book, though the book is a lot of the fun of the game, you could get that from directly from the publisher, Eighth Summit Games. And finally, there's a bust of Lobo that you could get, and just a little a little figure, plastic or something like that. The one I bought from the website came painted, and you could put him on the board and use him as a counter or, or maybe instead of the pawn for the track. But he's a little bit big. He's kind of, I don't know, he's huge. He's what, like three inches tall, probably two inches wide. And you could use him instead of a pawn that's probably like half an inch wide and an inch tall or two inches tall. He's huge. He doesn't fit on the board very well either. <laughs> he doesn't. And he is such a funny looking character just in general. I like him because yeah. he's so weird. He's got the the Doctor Lobo guy in the box. He's got this hair that looks. I guess it's all it's gone white because he's old, but it looks like flame in the shape of his head, of his hair. <laughs> it's just so weird. Sixties style. What can I say? I you know I was around in the sixties. I don't remember hair like that. <laughs> of course, I don't remember much, but still, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so those things are available. You can get them from the publisher. Other than the Swagman's Hope, you could probably find that. I looked on BGG, Swagman's Hope is available for like 75 bucks. So, I imagine somebody's out there willing to trade it. Um, the game itself is available from the publisher, as is all the expansions. I assume you could get stuff from uh, from stores also. So, that's, that's it. That's the game and the expansions and everything about it. Oh, man, and we're running long. We're at 112 minutes. I'm sorry, a minute 12. An hour and 12 minutes. Eh, we'll cut some of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anything else, Julius? Any last thoughts? Not much else. All right. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Next time you hear Get from us... Get out there and we'll... have some adventures. Yep, we'll be 2018 next time you hear from us. So, Happy New Year. <laughs> Bye, all. Bye. And... Stop! Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.